Welcome back, our friends, to The Hum and the Holler, the podcast that accompanies our 2021 calendar of small spells. We decided to make this podcast journey for you through the year, month by month and spell by spell, when we realized that the theme for this year's calendar has so much to do with sound and with song. Yeah, so it made sense to have some sound to go along with it. And in the process, we get to go deeper into uh, what these spells have meant to us, what they mean to us, and kind of um, learn as we go about some of the mysteries that are there, even when we're making it. Yeah, because we don't know what these things mean as we make them. We merely have a sense of rightness. We have a sense of excitement and curiosity. And this podcast takes you, you know, on a journey with us as we get into the month while we're living it and think about what's happening for us right now. What is this image speaking to us now that's different than what it was speaking to us when we made it? Exactly. And for this calendar in particular, also, how does it all go together? Because this one came through to us as a riddle. So we're so glad you're hanging out with us. We are Abacus Corvus. I am Joe, nestled in the hills of Madison County in western North Carolina on stolen Cherokee land. And I'm Karina. I'm in Philadelphia, which is Lenny Lenape land. And this is our sixth episode. So before we go on, we want to rain gratitude onto all of our 30 Patreon supporters. We love you. Thank you for coming along with us. And in addition to this particular podcast, The Hum and the Holler, you can look for bonus episodes on the same stream that include astrology. Uh, Each month from new moon to new moon, I drop an episode called The Hum. So you can look for the next one on June 9th. And if you're on Patreon, you'll also have access to a bonus episode of Joe recording the audio meditation for each month's blog. And that one is called The Hush. Before we get into the image and the meaning for this month's spell, we want to orient to where we are in the riddle of the year. Karina, do you want to tell us a bit about where we are? Yes, we are halfway through this particular journey, and the text that we have so far reads, A hush holds the hum and the holler. Worlds within worlds hover here briefly. Gravity's lullaby sing the evening. So just to recap the story pretty quickly for all of you, we began this year with like this sphinxy lynx character on a big frozen ground guarding some kind of treasure buried in the snow. And we've been trying to find the key to unlocking that treasure and figuring out what's in it ever since. And we've had a bunch of kind of wild starts in different directions. And then last month, we dropped deep down into this sort of somatic nurturing lullaby energy. And now it seems in this month we're falling asleep and we are entering into dreams. Yeah. Yeah, this month is a turning point uh, because when we go to sleep, we are letting go of the sort of frontal cortex, the conscious problem-solving brain. We're moving into the unconscious. Um, and, and that's where we have visions, you know, we have dreams and visions that can be confusing and also, um, insightful. There's a lot to learn from our sleep. I also want to mention that we have, uh, a familiar figure in this. We have our listening crow again. This has come up already in this calendar with the moths and these are different insect messengers. We are, um, looking at fireflies now and, 
we all know that moths and fireflies are different, but I want to maybe belabor some of those differences here, if I may. Um, moths have a certain kind of silence about them that is visual. Like they look quiet. They fade into the background. Many of them are camouflaged. There is this energy around them that's a little papery, a little thin, whereas fireflies are invisible in the daytime. We do not see them hanging around in the daytime. They are in the grass. They're not up in the air. And then when the evening comes is when they begin to be the most brilliant thing in the landscape. So in this particular painting, when we talk about the image, we'll talk more about that. But there is a brighter message happening here through the insect messengers while everything else is getting harder to see. And right now at night, the fireflies are really starting to pick up and light up the landscape here in the mountains of Western North Carolina. And it is my absolute favorite time. They are so magical. Looking now at the image itself, you are welcome to follow along with us with your eyes, or you can close your eyes and let Karina tell you the story of what we see this month. We are looking at a twilight image. There is such deep, dark indigo suffusing the entire canvas. The sky is dark and stormy and murky, and there is a large crow that is standing taking up most of the canvas, and the crow is looking up to a firefly that is alit and seems like it has just flown off of the very top of a bud of night-blooming datura, and there are a few open blossoms, three different stages of openness, moving down the rest of the canvas, sort of patterning across the crow's body. In the most open blossom, there is another firefly that is lighting up and signaling. And then down at the bottom of the canvas, the blossom that is just beginning to open has a third firefly beginning to crawl up it, and that one is not yet lit. And there are some dark blades of grass, and then at the very bottom we see the words sing the evening in the same color blue as the sky itself. So there is a very flat, calm, dark, kind of sleepy quality to this image where the brightest points are really those three open detura flowers and then the fireflies themselves as, as they light up. And now we're looking at the meaning of this spell that is sing the evening. And with an image that's so clearly at twilight, the more immediate understanding of this is that we're singing the evening. We're singing that time of day that is the evening. But the word evening can also be an evening, right? So it could also be a verb that we are singing this evening out. And, and maybe that's also what twilight is and how this, so this spell gets to kind of be both. It gets to be a, um, something that looks at the way that twilight is both a time and an action. And I'm so curious about what is this song of the evening? It reminds me of last month when we were looking at gravity's lullaby. So again, we have this way that we are attributing a singing, a lullaby, a melody to something that we don't usually think of as making sound. 
and it reminds me of the medieval concept of the music of the spheres, which in um, medieval Europe, there was this idea that the mathematical relationships between the planets in the solar system, all of the ways that they were in proportion to each other, created a form of celestial music that the human ear could not hear, but that existed nonetheless. And I tried to find it for this podcast, but I could not. I feel like I read an article recently that supported that theory, that that was one of those, you know, new science finds out ancient medieval philosophical concept, philosophical concept, not actually super wrong. I might be making this up. I am an unreliable narrator about this. I want that to be true. I'm not actually sure if it's true, but for the sake of this particular podcast, uh, we're speaking in metaphor anyway. And so I, I encourage you to think about how this spell is inviting us into a different relationship to sound and to things that can sing on a vibrational level, even if we can't literally hear them with our ears. Well, yeah, and and also to maybe start to make a transition from a truth that would be objective, you know, verifiable or like an evidence-based truth into one that would be more a truth based on your subjective experience, that there's that alternate form of knowing a thing. So if you're feeling it, then it's true, um, before it turning into some kind of story that you would then have to verify. And the feelings are real. The story might not be. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so this song of twilight is a song of transition. And in the, in the daytime, thanks to our great sun, we can see all the distinctions between things and everything is lit up. And so you can see where one thing begins and where another thing ends. And the, as soon as the sun has set, those distinctions are swallowed up by darkness and so twilight and the song of twilight is a song of dissolution where we're starting to dissolve into our environment. Those borders, the harsh edges, all those distinctions are starting to soften and merge. Uh, just like when we're drifting off to sleep and we just let go of all the thoughts and distinctions and go into a, a dark, unconscious realm. And so when the sun sets... Without sunlight, we have new lights there to guide us, a different kind of light to guide us. And in this image, there's the firefly and the datura flower. And it's interesting, too, that this month's image, which is so dark, so, so about this specific time of day when the light is failing, comes during a month where in the northern hemisphere we have the summer solstice, where the days are longest, where there is the absolute most daylight of the whole year. So this is a peak of sun drenchedness. And I know that for me, I'm not, I don't love the summer personally. So this, this particular quality of time on like a hot, long summer day where it finally begins to cool off and there are finally shadows and darkness again is so magical and special for me. And it feels significant also that this year we are bringing you this image that has to do with darkness at the brightest time of year also, because there's an eclipse happening this month, there's a solar eclipse on June 10th. I'll be talking more about it on June 9th, if you listen to the hum. And eclipses are when our sense of continuity is interrupted. This regular rhythm of light happening on a daily cycle, on a monthly cycle, you know, the sun and the moon together, um, 
it, it kind of it's like the the record gets skipped there is this like jarring sensation and so astrologically eclipses are a time where we get information differently and we get it through this disruption so i think of an eclipse as like a strobe light or like a black light even something that illuminates what we are used to seeing as the ordinary world that's very familiar and and mundane in a really different way to highlight what is magical, what is strange, what is possibly alarming and also possibly um, a, a different level of truth. I love that. I I love that you said strobe light or black light that that fits so perfectly with the firefly and the detura in this image. Oh yeah, I didn't even <laughs> think about that. Because fireflies, they they strobe, you know, they, they never give us, they don't illuminate what's around them. They just show themselves in the darkness and individually they're very magical. But what we typically see is this collective dance of many different species that have each of their own kind of Morse code. That is this, this rhythm of, of illumination. That's, um, it's really trance-like. It's mesmerizing. It's not a navigational kind of light. It's something that you can zone out on and really kind of stare into the middle distance and start to receive. Um, I mean, it's it's such a song. I mean, it's if you're going to talk about things that are songs that don't actually carry an, a, a sound to them, I think the dance of the firefly is a lovely example of that. And you were saying earlier, I, before I jumped in and talked about eclipses, you were talking about the firefly and the datura as two forms of light. And I just want to back up and go to that because we don't usually think of the flower as a light source, but in this image, it really is equally bright to the fireflies. It's like the plant version of moonlight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And this powerful plant, the datura, has quite a history here in the U.S. It's native to the U.S. And European settlers called it devil's weed. Um, it's poisonous. It can be quite dangerous. Um, but the history of it really has been erased by European settlers and vilified by European settlers when, in fact, the plant um, has a long history of human use indigenously in the U.S. as a sacred, magical, and medicinal entity, really. And, and the idea is that when treated with respect and when you're in relationship with that plant, something that could be seen as dangerous is actually a, um, a deep treasure. And it's a treasure to the psyche. Like it has a relationship with the psyche that it actually induces dreams and visions. So it fits with, with that nighttime twilight medicine. Yeah, it feels important to name that in a year-long riddle, we are now at this halfway point, and what we're finding is the importance of looking for answers that do not feel logical or fully complete in our conscious minds, that, that we're not going to be able to grasp with the same sense of uh, proficiency as we would like look at our to-do list and be like, I have checked this off the list, or I, I understand what it means to go to the store and get this milk or whatever it is we're doing that gives us a small sense of accomplishment, that there is no sense of accomplishment necessarily in what we're deepening into here. There, it isn't like a completion and a, um, I've processed this and now I'm done with this, but there is a different sense of knowing that we are arriving at. And the idea is that if 
even if we could put this into language right away, um, that that would that would be empty in a way because it would have foreclosed on or bypassed our ability to actually feel into what we're what we're searching, right, and what we're seeking, what we're learning, and. So at this point, I think this is, with this month, our riddle has officially transitioned from an intellectual puzzle into a somatic and spiritual quest. I'm sorry, when you say officially transitioned, I also just think of like getting a new gender marker on your driver's license. And... <laughs> we have officially transitioned. <laughs> Hell yes. The gender of our calendar has transitioned from intellectual to somatic and spiritual. Thank you very much. Our pronouns are now mystery. So moving along to the ritual that we're offering you this month, again, we have agreed on the one ritual we would like to share with you. So we don't have two different ones, just the one. And I invite you to do this ritual at twilight, wherever you are, if you can go outside. If you can be present with this change between daylight and nighttime for the whole space of twilight. I mean, that would be amazing if you can really slow down enough and just soak in that change. But for any amount of twilight you are able to take in outdoors, uh, looking at the world, I invite you to be present with and sort of receptive to what you're hearing and what you're seeing to the extent that they start to blur. So the rhythmic patterns, the flickers of light, the colors, the shapes of the trees overhead, or perhaps the colors of the sunset in the sky, whatever it is that's coming to you, I invite you to think of it as offering you a different kind of music and to inspire you in this sort of like slow, contemplative, uh, receptive ritual I want to leave you with this beautiful passage from the book, The Seventh Dragon, which we have mentioned before on this show, and we're going to link again to it in the show notes. This is a book my sister brought into our lives, and I am forever grateful. It is really a brilliant piece of work. And there is a line here that perhaps you can even read to yourselves as you're doing this ritual. It is possible to make of the body a sun which draws sound up like water from a rain puddle. The ears only tell us what we have done afterwards, but during the listening, every cell will incline in that direction, and the entire world will rise into us like glorious, palpable mist. To wrap up, you can follow us on Instagram at Abacus Corvus, and you'll find weekly sales as well as the written blog that we do about each month's spell and other random things. And you can also check us out online at abacuscorvus.com. Our next episode of The Hum, which is the astro weather from new moon to new moon, will drop on June 9th, and we will be getting into this eclipse. So please rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to it too. And if you want to add free and with a bonus meditation, which is going to be rad this month, FYI, you can follow us on Patreon. Joe, remember last month when I asked you to take us out with an impromptu lullaby? Yes. The one that said it's okay to be sad.
That's what yeah. apparently I needed everybody to know that last, <laughs> last month. Well, I'm wondering if, because we're still in the dream world in this spell, you've got another lullaby for us. I do, actually. I I spent some time this month really focusing on this incredible privilege that I have to help carry my baby across the threshold, you know, that that my partner and I are there for her as she's moving from waking to sleeping. And what what could we be blessing that passage with? So I've been right I've been working on a lullaby for her that isn't quite done, but maybe I'll share more of it in the meditation and to close, I can just give you guys a little bit of it. May you be restored by your sleep and protected as you swim through the deep. And may you learn from your sleep, from the treasures that you find in the deep. Mm -hmm. 